0: doesn't exist for you this year. Maybe you're someone who breathes a deep sigh when you think about Christmas. You complain that every year the shops sell things every too, too soon, too early. Your Christmas present list gets longer and longer every year. You dread cooking the Christmas turkey, Christmas dinner for all the church, like the elders are at the moment. Or do you get stressed out by going to visit your relatives and having to spend Christmas with that annoying uncle? You're overcome with the stress and the busyness of this season. And you wish the season would just pass by quickly. The wonder of Christmas is more for the children. For you, it's, it's business and it's, and it's busyness. Perhaps this time of year just brings back bad memories. Christmas Day this year, we'll see one less person at the Christmas table. Maybe it's a lonely time and you remember the things that you don't have that you wish you did. For some, Christmas and winter can be a a dark period. can feel low and depressed. There can be anxiety. And there can be illness. There can be old age. Things that, that just remind us that life is not how we would like it to be. The joy of Christmas seems far, far away. The hope that the Lord Jesus brings is clouded by other things that are going on in our lives. This morning, whatever your experience, whatever your thoughts, your feelings about this period, the unchanging truth and the reality of the Christmas story is that we can remember and we can celebrate the joy of Jesus' coming, the hope that he offers, and the wonder of the great miracle that God has performed for us. That Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has come, born in an animal's feeding trough. His arrival announced by the angels, and the shepherds get to be the first visitors. So as we look, hopefully a new and a fresh act, Luke 2, may it be a reminder for you that amidst the busyness and the familiarity, may you still see the wonder. May hope, may you receive the hope that Jesus brings. And may you still find joy in the midst of despair and hardship. Luke opens his account in verses 1 to 7, showing us some facts and figures. It tells us that Caesar Augustus has issued this decree, that everybody must travel back to their hometown to register. And so there you have Mary and Joseph, who are about to be married or possibly are married. They travel to Bethlehem. And verse 6 says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And that's it. That's all that we have about the actual birth of Jesus. Not much. It's actually a little bit more than Matthew gives us. So, so why? Well, I think that Luke's major concern is not so much how Jesus was born, although his circumstances are very important, but his concern is more the response to Jesus' birth. Those who bear witness to this humble event And so from the next paragraph, verse 8, on which you get the angels coming to announce this this good news, the shepherds who are the first witnesses, and then they spread the news, and then Mary as she ponders all these things and treasures them in her heart. And so we're going to look at those three sets of characters. And our challenge this morning is that we would join them, we would partake in the joy with the angels, that we'd receive The hope, like the shepherds, and there we would wonder, like Mary. So firstly, to partake in the joy of Christmas. Verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. So Jesus is born in a time where God's people, the Israelites, are living under the domination of the Roman Empire. For taxation purposes, the the king of the Roman Empire has issued this decree that everyone must go back to their hometown and register so he can keep tabs on people and know how much money he's going to get. And so we have Mary and Joseph, soon or newly married. They have to take a 90-mile, three-day journey from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem, what a hassle that is. And poor Mary, who is pregnant late in her pregnancy, she doesn't want to have to make that long journey. When they arrive in Bethlehem, it's very busy because everyone is traveling. They've probably gone to stay with a relative, but they're fuller because everyone, all the family has come back. There's no guest room. There's no spare room. Mary is soon to give birth to this baby. So what, what do we do? Well, hey, come to the animal quarters at the side of the house. You, know, you can, you can be there. You can have some privacy. And you can give birth. Jesus is born like all babies in noise and pain and mess. He's placed in a hole in the ground. No hospital maternity ward for him. No public or royal announcement. A baby born in an obscure house in an insignificant town so that the powers of bee can count their cash. But then we have this dramatic scene of the angels come to proclaim the good news. One angel at first and then a whole heavenly host of angels come to proclaim this good news that will cause great joy. And as we heard a couple of times already in the service, these angels, what were they like? These shepherds were terrified at the sight of this angel. So it sure wasn't a pretty lady in tinsel and a white dress. But a mighty warrior, glowing, shining with the glory of the Lord. Angels have come because they announce that there is a Savior, that the Messiah, the Holy One, the promised King has come. And he is to be Lord and ruler of all the people. In the town of Bethlehem, shepherds, you will find the King of the universe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You can imagine the angels, because they, they've seen Jesus in heaven. The second person on the Trinity, the, their creator has become part of creation. What was it like for those angels? So what did they say to the shepherds? Well, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Because the people have been waiting for the promise of God. The Messiah to come and to rule and to reign. The Jews, they're enslaved by the Romans. Their land is occupied. So the coming saviour is the best news ever. For God's people, Jesus will one day rule and he will reign. He will ultimately destroy all his enemies. He will set up an earthly kingdom that will last forever. But first, but first he came to deal with the real enemy, the real enemy of sin and death. And we know that enemy too, don't we? It's our greatest enemy, sin, its consequences in our lives now and for eternity. But yet the king has come to bring peace between people and God. Peace to all those who will believe in him. Picture the shepherds as they sit sitting in their field, minding their own business, overwhelmed by this host of heavenly angels, terrified, And yet the Saviour has come. The Messiah has arrived. So if this Christmas, if the joy of Jesus coming down from heaven has gone, catch a new glimpse this morning. Earth is dark. Life is tough for many people. It's full of pitfalls and disappointments. The wall is going down the pan and, and your own experience just confirms that. But remember that amidst your despair, heaven has come down to earth. Jesus, who lived for all eternity in heaven, has come and stepped in to the muck and the dirt and the darkness. He's born into circumstances where, from a human point of view, it's all controlled by this leader in Rome. And yet his arrival announces good news. It marks the fulfillment of the promise, the commencement of salvation, the hope for all those who will believe. Salvation from sin, from darkness, from despair, for life everlasting. It is a joy that is not based on our circumstances. It is a joy based on historical truth and reality of the life, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so amidst our sorrow, May the good news of Jesus bring you joy through the loneliness and the fear and the darkness and the the illness, through the sadness. Let's stop. Let's look beyond our circumstances and see the joy of heaven touching earth. There are many, many things that steal our joy in life. Sometimes we can seek joys in the wrong place and and they disappoint us. But there are good things that we want to enjoy every day, but they, they just aren't there. But in Jesus, there is a joy that can be never taken away because he is the Savior. He's come to right all the wrongs. He's come to set the prisoner free, to give life everlasting. And it's free and available for us today. Look to Jesus. Partake in the joy. This Christmas. Secondly, let's receive the hope of Christmas like the shepherds. When you read the account, the Christmas stories in both Matthew and Mark, it's clear that this baby is no ordinary baby. That this is no ordinary birth. Matthew tells the story of the Magi who first traveled to Jerusalem because they're expecting a king. He's not there. In Luke we have the baby arriving and the first announcement is not by the media. But it's by angels, heavenly angels. And the first witnesses of this birth are shepherds. Shepherds? Shepherds? We've heard already, haven't we, that these shepherds are, well, they're just social outcasts. No one likes the shepherds. They belong in the field. They should stay there. They're smelly. They're unclean. They can't come into the temple. Did the angels get it wrong? Did they literally go to the wrong field? Well, no. Because Jesus came for people like the shepherds. Exactly the kind of people that Jesus came for. The good news that causes great joy is for All people, all people includes these lowly shepherds. After being told not to be afraid, they're they're given the circumstances of Jesus' birth. And the angel said this, go to Bethlehem, you'll find a baby wrapped up in expensive blankets. He'll be lying in a gold-plated cot in the nursery of the biggest house in Bethlehem. He'll be being fed by his nanny while his mother can rest in a different room. Is that what we read? Well, no, of course not. This will be the sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Simple cloths, whatever they could find. The manger, the feeding trough for animals. There was no bed. There was no spare room. The one born to be king of the Jews, the one announced by heavenly angels, is born into circumstances just fit and just right for the type of saviour that he came to be. He didn't come for the rich, for the clever, for the the righteous, but he came for the sinner, like the shepherds. He came for all people and that means he came for you and he came for me. He came to be the saviour of all those who would trust in the Lord Jesus. And so, However we may feel our relationship is before God, however foolishly confident we may be to stand before him, or however low and unworthy we really are to stand before him, the truth is that we need this Jesus. Because we sin, we mess up, we hurt others, we say things and do things and and think things that would shame us or do shame us. In and of ourselves there is no hope. We can't get to heaven by our own, our own effort, or our own works. We know because we've tried. There's nothing we can do. There's no, the gap is too big to span between us and God. And the hope of Christmas is that God loved the world so much that he sent his son to deal with our sin. Sin that is punishable by death and eternal separation from God. Jesus dealt with there upon the cross. As Jesus hung there, He became sin for us, so that we may be made right with God and receive that peace. Can you imagine the shepherds as they they go to Bethlehem and they open the door and, and there is this baby, Mary and Joseph, wrapped up in the in the the cloths, lying in the manger, is is just as He was told. You know the, the song, What If God Was One Of Us? Well, there he is lying in the manger. He's taken upon flesh. He knows what it is to be cold, to be hungry, to know danger, to know loneliness, to know betrayal and denial. He suffered. He's grew up like every other child. He's been tempted in every way and yet without sin. The God-man has come to bring God and man together. And this is the hope of Christmas. But it gets better because the hope of Christmas is not just about salvation and eternal life, but it's about the the hope that we can have day to day as we live as Christians in the darkness of our world. The fact that Jesus has lived on earth means that he's been through the things that we have he, he knows he understands he's been there, he's been through it, and so he can help and he can encourage and he can comfort and he can deliver and sustain and provide and guide and be all that we need. In our time of need. So when we're lonely, He is our friend and our Father. When we're grieving, when we're in pain and ill, He's our comfort and He is our support. When we're stressed and frustrated, He's our peace and our deliverer. When we have no idea what is going on in our lives, He is our guide and our encourager. And so this Christmas may the hope that the shepherds experienced be for you, but also maybe maybe we challenge ourselves this Christmas, because like the shepherds, once they had seen baby Jesus, they went and they told people, and they were amazed at what the shepherds had seen and heard. So let's be challenged ourselves that we would go and tell others about Jesus, our source of hope. That it is Him who sustains us and keeps us going. It's Him who is there in the tough times. And as we bear witness, as we share of his grace and of his help, as we display with our words the great joy that there is, despite such horrible circumstances, people will stop. And they won't stop and see a forced smile on your face as you pretend that everything is okay. But they'll see a real and a true, genuine joy and hope that you have in Christ, because something out of this world, has come into this world to touch you and to change you. The hope of Christmas. And then thirdly, let's contemplate the wonder of Christmas, like Mary. Look with me at verse 17. When the angels had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. Just a small verse. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You think back nine months earlier when Angel Gabriel came and announced the news that she was the one chosen by God to bear his son. And all, well, you can't imagine. (laughs) The thoughts and feelings that must have gone through her mind in the nine months until the birth of her son. This young woman, conceived out of wedlock, travels all the way to Bethlehem, gives birth like all mothers, holds a child in her arms. And just wonders, what does it all mean? How will it all work out? The angel told Mary, the angel told Joseph, call your son Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And they do. In obedience on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, they named him Jesus, just as the angel had said. The one born to be the son of the Most High, lying in Mary's arms, this helpless baby, not like the Christmas carol away in a manger, much crying he probably did make. He was a baby. I remember this time last year, Gethin, my son, was coming up to three months old, and so the birth was fresh in my mind, and it, it made me think about the reality of Mary and Joseph's experience. Now, Gethin was at birth on the 98th percentile for his length, but yet he still fits nicely in my arms, his head in my hands and his, his feet by my elbow, completely dependent upon me. It's the wonder of Christmas. There's a a wonderful song written, written by Mark Lowry, sung by many people, and it goes like this. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? that the child you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will make a blind man see? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the face of God. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the mute will speak the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your little baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did you know your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know your baby boy is Heaven's perfect Lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I Am. Wonderful lyrics that Show the vulnerable little baby in Mary's arms, and yet he's the great I am, the one who is Lord of creation and one day will rule the nations, who will heal the blind, calm the storm, raise the dead. Make us all new. The wonder and the miracle of Christmas is that God has come in a form of a little baby. So when you're overcome with busyness, when you're stressed out about the turkey and the trimmings, Uh, The elders are right now. My pot's done. I'm finished. When you're stressed out about having to visit friends and family and sit next to that annoying great aunt, whoever it may be, let's stop. Let's stop and see the wonder of Christmas. Decorate your tree. Put on your Christmas jumper. Pile your stockings. Wear that lovely new dress you have, But, but stop and marvel at what God has done. Before you get fed up of another nativity play, when you have to watch the same Christmas movies or complain that your bank balance is going down, stop and treasure Jesus. The Lord Jesus who makes this festival what it really is. If your concern is about pleasing your children this Christmas, teach them the marvel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of all creation becoming part of creation. If you're not a Christian this morning and and Christmas has got nothing to do with Christ for you, I hope that you've seen the true meaning of Christmas and that you will partake in this joy. You would see that the hope is there for you and that you need it. And the wonder of Christmas is not about trees and trimmings and carols and, and Santa Claus. But it's about heaven touching earth. You need Jesus like all of us do. And there is no greater joy. Because the joys of this world will come to an end. The joy of Jesus lasts forever. And the joy of Jesus is so deep, it can't be changed and can't be taken away by your experience. We put our hope in so much, and yet often we end Christmas Day and we feel disappointed. Put your trust in Jesus. Friends, in a moment, we are going to go and celebrate a lovely Christmas meal, hopefully. Let's take this joy. Let's take this hope. Let's take the wonder. Talk about it on your tables. Because truly experiencing the joy of Christmas means that in our loneliness and our sadness and our stress and our frailty and our failure, there is life and hope and joy and and forgiveness and freedom in Christ. All this stuff is not based on circumstances. Truly grasping hope of Jesus means that our fears turn to faith, our hopelessness to joy, and our unworthiness to thankfulness. Stop and wonder and contemplate Christmas. And may you be filled with joy and overcome with the marvel of all that God has done in Christ for you. Let's take a moment, just quietly, in our our own hearts and minds and Contemplate things that we have heard